Roy Ebihara was eight years old and living in Clovis, New Mexico, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Ebihara spoke with the Den Show Project's Tom Aketa about a vigilante group who came to kill his family weeks after the bombing. We lived in mortal fear. We laid out our plans. Should they come and attack and we had nobody to help protect us, we would run in a certain direction through the cattle field, which was nearby, and we would hide behind these old wooden fences that were, from my bird's eye view, was about eight to 10 feet high. And we knew where we were all gonna hide and try to defend ourselves. And this was a plan that your, your parents talked to you about? My older brother. You mentioned the enclosure where, where mm -hmm. most of the Japanese families, but you lived outside of that in the yeah. house. How close were you to that? Oh, probably about uh, 25, 30 yards. From okay, so, so right we were next to We just outside this enclave, you know, okay. just out there. And during those weeks, did anyone ever come by and, and do anything in terms of well, pretty much the sheriff's department was informed by the immigration authorities to be responsible for these families, to protect them. So, but, you know, they're the ones that the plainclothesmen came and uh, hauled out my dad's shortwave uh, Philco radio and chopped it up with an axe, I remember that. That happened late Sunday afternoon as well. Yeah. I'm just guessing, you know, you're, you're a young boy. It must have been frightening mm -hmm. for you. Oh, yeah. I recall crying off, oftentimes, you know, it was just a frightening experience. So it was for my sisters and all of us. So what happened next? So you're, you're in this sort of... Well, uh, we, we, we sort of, the kids played together uh, just during the day, but when sundown came along, of course, we were all huddled inside the house waiting for somebody maybe to attack us. And so we did that. It was a daily ritual. And then... On the night of January 19th, sure enough, the sheriffs and uh, state patrol came in their sedans. There must have been about eight, nine of those sedans. And they came in and said, get going. The vigilante group is forming. They're coming down through the tunnel, and they're coming out to kill you. So they said, grab what you can, throw them in a pillowcase, and throw them in the trunk of the car, whatever you can, and make sure there's important valuables that you can do. And so we are all herded into these little state patrol sedans, and they moved us out. Did you ever see the crowd coming? Or mm -hmm. So you actually saw them coming? Yeah, out. as they come out of the tunnel, you can see way down there with oil torches, apparently shotguns. I don't know what kind of guns they carry. And one of the state policemen or troopers said they're coming to kill you. That probably was about in the darkness. It must have been about nine, nine o'clock at night. And I, I just recall just crying and crying, just uh, living in fear. And so that we all cried and cried as kids. And so they were able to round up all the, the, mm -hmm. the Japanese there, put them in these cars, and then you just... We took off. And, and where did you go? Well, I remember going down dusty roads. It was, it was just horrible. The hours and hours passed, and I didn't know where we were going. And most of the time, except for the lead car, everybody, I guess they had those little parking lights, so you couldn't see hardly the car ahead. You know, they wanted to be less conspicuous as possible. We heard days later that these people looted everything that they can get their hands on. But they didn't burn anything down till later. Uh, they came with bulldozers and bulldozed everything down. Mm -hmm. 
But we traveled on and on, and, and we came to a, looked like a prison camp. Uh, in early morning hours, uh, you can barely see daylight, and we came to Fort Stanton, New Mexico, and that's where they were housing the German POW sailors. They captured in the, around the Gulf of Mexico. They also had other people in there, I don't know. I think there were merchant marines, German merchant marines who were captured in the 40s off of the Carolina coast, I understood. The British ships chased them across the Atlantic Ocean and they didn't know what to do with these couple hundred German people. They weren't, at that point in time, they were not POWs. America was not at war with Germany at that time. But eventually when the, we did go to war with Germany and Italy and that, they stuck them in with all the POWs in there. Mm -hmm. but we ended up there, and they were intending, the immigration authority was going to stick us in, a, in two of the barracks inside that compound, two or three barracks. And my sister said, high school kid said, hey, wait a minute, you're violating our rights. We haven't committed any crime and that. And they'll kill us, sure as hell. Those people would molest us, kill us. Remember, they're men over there, and we have families, you know. So they thought about it, and I remember the gradually daylight was coming, and those, the hours ensued, and they, they said, okay, uh, how about 17 miles down the road, put them in an abandoned CCC camp, and, and that's where we went. So that's interesting. So it was, it was really your, your daughter who was, you know, educated. Interceded. And, and she was kind of the spokesperson for the whole group saying. Pretty much. That, that uh, you have rights as U.S. citizens, uh, you know, the children mm -hmm. in particular, that, that they you know, couldn't be put into this place. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to understand this. So I, I, you know, I get the police coming, taking you out because to protect you at that point. I mean, you had mob coming. Mm -hmm. But once you got away from that, it sounds like they want to keep you under guard. Surveillance, yes. Um, so the state patrol was now responsible to keep us together that I don't know the circumstances are peculiar. We we're being protected at the same time we were held in suspicion, I think. Yeah. Because what, what, what's interesting to me, this, this is January 19th, so this is before uh, President Roosevelt signed executive oh, yeah, long before that. Before there was any action before on the West Coast. A month earlier. But I understand them protecting you, but, but, but keeping you under surveillance mm -hmm. or under guard doesn't make as much sense to me why, no. why they would have done that.